Hi, I'm Daniel Fuller from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily community meditation, where today we're talking about the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We see this is a phrase that Jesus tells his disciples as he's in the garden, getting ready to go to the cross. He's asking his disciples to pray, but every time he comes back over, they're sleeping. The spirit was willing. They were willing to do it. They wanted to do what Jesus had asked them to do, but their flesh was weak. And so just the other day with our partners in the Abundant Life Blueprint, we were talking about we have to have power from God, I believe, to walk out those things that we know to do. Oftentimes, our spirit is willing. We want to do the things that are good. We want to do the things that are right, the things that we know to do. But we need help from God. We need power from him because our flesh can be weak at times. So we're going to be asking for his help with that today. But why are we taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had pretty much no spiritual life whatsoever. I was just doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. At the time, I was stressed out, running my personal training business. My business was having some months where I'm losing thousands of dollars in a month. And I remember just getting to this place of walking from around the neighborhood with my wife, just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. There's got to be more to life than this. And then shortly after that, I came across a challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, you read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, you read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that to the end of the month. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one morning, Proverbs 13, 22, just seemed to jump off the page of me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that verse got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing we could pass on to future generations? And the Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But to be honest, when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God, began to press into him. My relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. I just simply began to document what he was taking me through. And over the course of about 10 years now, it's turned into this whole series of books and courses and now partners that we call the Abundant Life Blueprint. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I believe the most important thing is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to turn the tables, just turn things around and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. Jesus says, as often as you do this, remember me. There's something very powerful in that concept of just simply remembering and not forgetting. It helps us to abide in him so that our lives produce much fruit. The Apostle Paul says every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus, which in the case of a will or an inheritance, nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord, with deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two minute long prayer that's mostly scripture coming from Ephesians chapter one. And the prayer of Jabez is found in First Chronicles chapter four. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves. Because the Apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine or judge themselves before taking communion. If communion has the power to do that in the negative, I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life. 
if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we've been talking about some practical physical workout tips and advice. Because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them, and all of our church and governmental leaders. Thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear Son. Thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. And thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. I keep asking that you, the Father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better. That the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened to know the hope to which you've called us and the riches of your glorious inheritance that is in us and the immeasurable greatness of your power to us who believe. The same power that you exercised in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your right hand in heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And Father, I ask you to bless us, to make your face shine upon us and let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness, and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? How are we going to do it? We're going to get connected to God. We're going to get connected to the master. Bring our relationship with him into every aspect of today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. That's what we talk about, executing these four fundamentals and bringing some fun into them today. But before we go through our fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, to the promises or the inheritance that he had for them, there was a process. There were steps and stages along the way. And in a similar way, I think for us to step into the promises and the inheritance that God has for us, there are some steps and stages. There's a process that we go through. And to make it all very simple, I think it starts with just believing God's got something better for our life. And then looking to him, rather than looking to what we can do in our own strength, looking to him, because our spirit might be willing, but our flesh can be weak. Looking to what he can do. Following out, walking out his plan for our life. Staying focused on him, putting off our old ways, learning to rest and trust in him and allowing him to unfold things in his beautiful timing. So our first fundamental, let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. And I think we start with humility, humbling ourselves in relationship to God, humbling ourselves in relationship to other people, because it's the humble who are given grace. And we're going to receive this forgiveness from God. We're going to forgive ourselves in the middle. 
We're going to walk in forgiveness with other people. We're going to take our position in love today. Kind and patient and gentle. Always assuming the best. Keeping no record of wrongs. Delighting in the truth. Always hoping, always trusting, always persevering. Because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today. One of the greatest expressions of faith. And one of the easiest ways to stay in position. And being in position is a big deal. Because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. He took everything that he has and he put it in Christ. And we get this amazing opportunity. We get to be in him today. We've got access to his spirit and power and presence, his love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's health and energy, purpose and grace. It's all in there. It's all available to be received. We have to learn how to get it received and flowing through us out into the world where we can, can see the fruit or the result of it. So our first step is to get in position. Our second step is to magnify the light. We're going to turn up the brightness of this light within us. It's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all these good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. Where we become more consistent in it. And to magnify the light. We've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. One basket full of all the issues and problems and testings. The other basket full of our praises. Which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our attention, our focus, our words? Which basket are we going to fill up? And it's simply focusing on that basket of praise. Praising God for who he is. Praising God for all that he's done in our life. For his word and his promises and his unfailing love, his faithfulness, his mighty works, all that he's done in our life. Because what he started, he's going to finish. All that he's done for us in Christ. Now, this is not denying that there's issues or problems. It's simply choosing to fill up that basket of praise and learning to roll those problems over onto God and just rest and trust in him because he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, focusing on those baskets of issues and problems, venting and complaining and pouting and toiling away in our mind, trying to solve all the problems. And that's where we're going to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it might be the tendency to retaliate at people, withhold good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment. There's a lack of fellowship with God and people. On the inside, you'll feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. you might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck. All that heaviness and pressure just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally, there's a fear and stress and worry, frustration, toiling away in our mind, envisioning all these worst case scenarios. And unfortunately, this can become a habit. A repeated behavior that we do over and over. But when we take our position in the light, there's rest in our soul. There's fullness and completeness in him. We've got fellowship with God, fellowship with people. And when we rest, God goes to work. And now everything is free and easy and everything begins to flow. His peace and joy and love and spirit and power, mind and wisdom, it all just begins to flow. And now all of a sudden we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. 
that if we ever get off track, it just takes a moment to turn it back around, get back in position again. How do we do it? I think it starts with humility. Father, I've missed it. I'm off track right now. Forgive me. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to reconcile with somebody else, we take those steps. Then we start praising and magnifying him. I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me, that you are more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it and see it flowing in my life at a greater level. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you. Everything begins to flow again. And then our third fundamental, we've got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us. We've got to stay tuned into him. And the more we stay positioned, the more we stay magnifying that light, it begins to amplify where we begin to hear more clearly from him. And my favorite way to stay tuned into him is with a journal before bed. And lately, we've talked about installing what we call some filters at the top of our journal. These are just short phrases, maybe one word or a statement that we keep rewriting in our journal every day as a way to reinforce God's standards for our life. It might look something like the following. God is working continually for my good, and I'm going to do continually good for others. And that short phrase just helps us to navigate throughout the day when there's issues and pressures. They like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to get in position, and then to magnify what went well today. What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? And then I like to ask, God, what are you trying to show me today? And just get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we've got to stay tuned in throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection with him, just take one to two minutes to slow down and get connected back to him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then our fourth fundamental, we've got to do what we know to do today. Sometimes our spirit is willing. We want to do the things that we know to do, but we need his help to walk those things out. What do you know to do today? The final thing I like to do in my journal is to plan out the upcoming day with God. And I've learned to stick with, what do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting ahead of him, trying to toil away in my mind, trying to force things to happen ahead of schedule. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. It's easy to come up with all kinds of reasons not to take action. So we write out the plan, and then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek after God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter 1, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So I began to start my days this way. Those are the very first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing makes such a difference. And then we start walking out that plan with a willing heart. That willingness is there. And full confidence that he's right there with us to help us walk out those things that we struggle to do on our own. Full confidence in him. And when we get to that place of confident faith. His grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our lives. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and just begins to pull more and more of everything God has for us into our life. Let's take a look at the scripture. This is Jesus in the garden talking to his disciples as he's about to go to the cross. He's asking them to pray. But he comes back and says, and he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. 
And he says, couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you'll not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Just thinking of the Lord's Prayer. There's, there's the, the passage in there. It says, do not let us be led into temptation. It doesn't say, God, don't lead us into temptation. God doesn't lead us into temptation. It asks us, don't let us be led into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But number one, we do have to have that willingness there. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. But sometimes we need some help, some supernatural help to walk out those things that we know to do. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help today. We're asking for your help, number one, Lord, to, to not let us be led into temptation. And we're asking for your help to have that willingness that's there in our spirit, but to help us to walk those things out in our life that we know to do, that we struggle to do in our flesh. Give us that power that's available to walk these things out in you. We're asking for your help with that today. And we think of that on the night Jesus was betrayed. He took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. Just his sacrifice, his willingness to go to the cross for us. God's willingness to send his one and only son. He was willing to be hit and spit on and whipped, nailed to a cross. For the cup of God's wrath to be poured onto the body of Jesus. Jesus says, take this cup from me. The cup of God's wrath being poured onto his body. But then he's raised back to life. He's victorious over death. And that same victorious power now lives on the inside of us. Connects us back to God. Makes us right and holy and perfect in God's sight. We've got peace with God. So, Father, we thank you for this bread and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light. His blood cleanses us and gives us this new covenant with God. This blood sworn oath that God is with us and for us. We can have this covenant relationship with him. So Father, we thank you for this cup. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have a juice, you can take a juice. All right. One of the areas these verses, I think, apply to health and fitness. A lot of times we have the willingness there. We want to work out. We want to eat better. We want to get our rest. But our flesh can be weak. We can fall into temptation. We can come up with all the reasons and excuses not to do it today. And we're believing today that as we take communion over this, that God's helping us to create that consistency in our health and fitness. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, 
You can go to the Abundant Life Training Center.com.